Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sins are reproached to any people. Hello and welcome to Of God and Man, the show whose host enjoys using the comedy technique of self-deprecation, but he's not very good at it. <laughs> Thank you, Arnold Brown. This is your host, Brown French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029, or you can reach me by email at bromfrench at mail. Dot com. That is B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H at mail.com. What an amazing, crazy day it has been. I've been traveling from Tennessee to South Carolina, and now here I am, and while I'm traveling, I'm listening to the radio, and while I'm listening to the radio, news comes out that if you're completely unaware of the political system, and uh, what is going on in the political world, John Boehner, the Speaker of the House, said just the other day while the Pope was here that he was going to resign, that he's going to step down and they will vote and select another Speaker. That was supposed to happen the end of the month. Well, there was a presumed candidate that was, uh, well, he wasn't a presumed candidate, he was presumed Speaker of the House, but, there, but he happened to be a lot like John Boehner. And he is, his name is McCarthy. Very, uh, well, no backbone. He's uh, squishy, if you will. No, uh, not a true man, not a true leader. And this individual had an uprising. First of all, he said something just completely ignorant and uh, about the Benghazi hearings. And then on top of that, uh, there were about 30 conservative representatives that didn't want him to begin with. Because he's not conservative, he doesn't have a core belief, a lot like Boehner. So what do they do? This man decides to do, I think, what what makes sense, because it's obvious he would not get a majority vote. So he pulls his name out of the running and says, never mind, I don't want to be the Speaker of the House. Which is phenomenal. I'm, I'm thanking my lucky stars. I hear the news and it's like, yes, finally, thank God, something positive in Washington. You know, we're getting rid of Boehner. That was positive news. But then you heard, well, it's going to be McCarthy. And this guy's a California Republican. And California Republicans, it's been a long time since we had Reagan, if you know what I mean. Uh, the California Republicans are Democrats. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that we got rid of Boehner, but we got this. Joker coming on, and then he pulls his hat out of the race. His name is now out of the race, and I'm thinking, thank heavens, finally some good news. We've got a chance at bringing the country back, bringing the nation back. But then what does Boehner do? He thinks he's in the Soviet Union. He thinks maybe he's in Cuba. Uh, this is a Putin kind of move, or maybe a banana republic, as Mark Stein said. What does he do? He cancels the election and says, never mind, I'll stay in office until we find somebody and we're going to postpone it indefinitely. If ever there was a time that they needed to hear from the American people, it's now. 
this this is a banana republic now. This is no longer the nation I grew up in. What a crazy, messed up system we have. Can you imagine the, the president of the United States not liking? Oh, what if uh, if Clinton or, I, well, here's an obvious one. What about Bush? Bush obviously would have been rooting for Romney. But if Romney said, never mind, I don't want it. What do you think if Bush would have said, well, that's it. We're not going to have the election because <laughs> we're not going to deal with Obama. And so we're just going to call it off. This is exactly what this idiot Boehner has done. Good riddance. And I'm glad not only is he not going to be the speaker whenever he leaves, but he won't be a representative because truly he does not represent the American people. That's just plain and simple. So uh, what a crazy messed up world we're living to see. And it, that, that's, again, one of the reasons it's so vital. I posted on Twitter yesterday, Twitter and Facebook, that Jesus is the only or is the only best hope, something like that, for um, the for humanity. Is that not so very, very true? Jesus still is the only hope. Even if you're a Republican, all the hope in your party is completely gone, or it should be if you got any sense. If you're a Democrat that has any inkling of being a Christian, first of all, I don't see how you can reconcile. But if that's you, again, you should be, uh, you should recognize the only hope this world has is Jesus. He really is it. I tell you, uh, uh, <laughs> I've got the perfect segue into our new segment. Uh, check this out. <laughs> a car crash. The ideal way to talk about two religions colliding. What are you talking about, Brom? I'm talking about idiots nowadays that are trying to bring together Christianity and Islam. And they are referring to it as Chrislam. And believe it or not, this is picking up momentum. What a crazy, messed up train of thought this is. It is a car wreck. It's a train wreck. And uh, not only that, but uh, let, let's let's look at it this way, if you will. The God of the Old Testament, Jesus of the New Testament, claimed to be the one only true living God. We're going to find out that Muhammad claims that Allah is the only one true living God. Now, the question is, and some will argue and say that Allah is the same as Jesus. And it doesn't matter which way you take to get to God. All that matters is that you get there. Well, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to dive in and see, because these are not the same God. One is God and one is not. You're going to have to choose for yourself which is which. But what we will do is we're going to go through the Quran and we're going to go through the Bible. We're already going through the Bible, but we're going to parallel different places in the Quran with Scripture. Recognize that the Bible does say that uh, we should, uh, or that what fellowship has light with darkness? What fellowship has light with darkness? And if both of them, now, if Allah 
of Islam is the same Jewish God in the Old Testament, the same Jesus Christ in the New Testament. If Allah is the same God, then recognize that God never changes. And if God never changes, then Allah is going to be saying the exact same things, the exact, and the Quran is going to say the same things that the Old Testament says, not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well, because God's nature never changes. Matter of fact, going through the Old Testament, as we go through the Bible in a quadrillion years, you would recognize that. You will see that it is the same uh the same God, and he gives forecasting or predictions or prophecy that I'm going to reveal myself in a new way. Be ready for it. He's telling them those who were not my people are going to become my people. He's preparing them to reveal himself to humanity in a whole new way. Now, if this is the same God as Allah, then it's going to say the same things. But if not, there are going to be some flaws. There are going to be some things that are going to give us red flags that are going to say this is not the same God. And so I tell you what, I could go on about it, but instead, why don't we just get right into it? We're going to see if this is the same God. Oh, before I do that, just in case you haven't noticed, this podcast is 30 minutes long. And from here on out, our podcast will all be 30 minutes long. So uh, I'm sorry, I'm long-winded, but uh, I feel like some of this we need to understand. So let's go through it. We're going to look at the Quran. We're going to look at the first chapter, if you will. They refer to it as, in English, it's the opening. I'm not, I'm never going to try to use their words. All right. I don't know Arabic. I have no desire. Well, I, sh I might have a desire to learn just so I know what the idiots are saying. But uh, beyond that, I really have no desire. So let's go to uh, the first chapter. It's called The Opening. And we're going to read it. And we're going to see what it says. This is what it says. In the name of Allah, the most benefit, uh, the most merciful, all the praises and thanks be to Allah, the Lord of the Alim, uh, mankind, jinns, and all that exists, the most uh, beneficent, the most merciful, the only owner, the only ruling judge, of the day of uh, recompense, i.e. the day of resurrection, you alone we worship and you alone we ask for help for each and everything. Guide us to the straight way, the way of those on whom you have bestowed your grace, not the way of those who earned your anger, nor of those who went astray. Ah, all right. You ready? We're going to do this just like kind of like how we go through the Bible in a trillion years. So if Allah is the same God, if it's all the same, we're going to see and it's going to become very clear. The name of Allah, the most uh, beneficent or however, the most merciful. So they believe that Allah. OK, uh, I'll give you it could be the same God. That part. Absolutely. I believe God is. Uh, he's the best thing I've ever found. He is the most merciful. All the praises and thanks be to Allah, the Lord of Aliyam, or, or uh, mankind, jinns, and all that exists. So God is God of everything. I give you that. God is God of everything. Allah, for me, is not his name, but we're going to put that to the side for just a moment. The most uh, beneficent, the most merciful, the only owner, and the only ruling judge. Okay, now we might have a question. The only owner. God gave humanity a free will. 
you have a choice whether or not you want to live for him. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to shove it down your throat. He's He doesn't own you. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything we produce, everything that's really his. But he doesn't own you. He gave you a free will. And he says, and the only ruling judge. He's the great judge. And there is going to be a great throne of judgment. But he is he the only judge. I believe, and now I understand why, how they can uh, be terrorists. Because the only judge means that all that matters is that all is happy. We don't have to be good citizens. We don't have to love each other. And we're going to get there in just a moment. And then it says something very interesting. The only owner and the only ruling judge of the day of recompense, i.e. the day of resurrection. Oh, I, I, I want you to get this because recompense and resurrection are not the same thing. I tell you what, why don't you say it with me? Recompense and resurrection are not the same thing. <laughs> they are totally different. Recompense is judgment. Resurrection is coming back to life. Recompense is uh, when you get what you deserve. And resurrection, none of us deserve it. But he gave it. He offered God, not Allah. We'll find that out later. Jesus Christ, God, offered us resurrection. Recompense and resurrection are not the same thing. Let's go on. You alone, we worship and you alone, we ask for help for each and everything. Now, that's not true. Um, first of all, um, if, if that's the case, none, no Muslim would ever be on welfare. Because they're asking the government for help. And why are they asking us for help in Syria? Why are they asking us for help in, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan? Um, you alone, um, we ask for help. For each and everything. Let's go on. Guide us to the straight way. I think that's a good thing. Uh, because if you want to know the straight way, that would be Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. But the next one, one seven, is the one that really irritates the fire out of me. The way of those on whom you have bestowed your grace. Not the way of those who earned your anger, nor of those who who went astray. Hmm. Can I tell you what Jesus did and the example Jesus gave of those that went astray? He told a story of a shepherd that had 90, that had a hundred sheep and one went astray. What did the shepherd do? He left the 99 and went after the one. That's exactly what Jesus did. And you can't help but recognize he did the same thing with Israel when Israel went astray in the Old Testament. He said the way of those, uh, the Quran says the way of those on whom you have bestowed your grace. Whether or not you recognize it, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Grace abounds on everyone, everywhere. God's grace is sufficient and it's enough for whoever you are, wherever you are. Not on those on whom you, uh, not the way of those who earned your anger, 
nor those who went astray, those who earned your anger. Sin is what causes the anger. But God doesn't hate an individual. Earned your anger? Again, this is just an underlying. You understand now why they're terrorists? Can, can, can you see just a little bit? Because the infidel has earned the anger of God. Earned it. None of us deserve the mercy of God. Now let me get to the real thing. Hold on just a moment. When I come back, we're going to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Americans need individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we are back. And we're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We're in Genesis, Genesis chapter 35. And we're going to pick up at verse number 16. Genesis chapter 35, verse number 16. The Bible says this, And they journeyed from Bethel. There was but a little while to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. It came to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. This is just an amazing, amazing story. And Brother Loman will be very happy with me, because I actually know what these names mean. <laughs> Uh, I actually have studied these names previously, and uh, so we've got something to deal with here. Let's go back up to verse number 16. They journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come. So they're almost to the town, the place that they're going, and Rachel travailed. So now she is giving birth to her son, and she had hard labor, so she's struggling in giving birth. She travailed. She has hard labor. And verse 17 says, And it comes to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. So it's so bad that the midwife has to tell her, It's okay, you're, it's a boy, you're going to have a boy, everything's going to be fine. In other words, her pain and the grief of giving birth to this son is so horrendous that the midwife is trying to calm her down trying to set her at ease, saying, it's okay, you're going to have him, he's going to be fine. Comes to pass, the Bible says, uh, i tell you what, let me say on verse 17 just a little bit. The midwife said unto her, fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And so it's going to come out of you. It hurts and there's pain, but it's going to come forth. And it came to pass, verse 18, as her soul was in departing, so as and uh, goes on, says, for she died. So she is in the process. She is dying. And she looks down and sees the child, the boy that she just gave birth to. And when she sees the boy that she just gave birth to, she calls him Benoni. The word Benoni or the name Benoni means son of my sorrow. Wow. She's giving birth 
to the son that's going to cause her death. And in recognizing the pain that she's going through, the agony, the anguish that is coming out of this labor, she names him based on this, her first impression of the boy. Son of my sorrow, Benoni. But the amazing, crazy thing is, the Bible says, but his father called him Benjamin, not Benoni. Dad had another name for him. The word Benjamin means son of my right hand or son of my power. Now, this is some amazing, cool stuff. Son of my right hand. Son of my power. Man, can I tell you that this quote unquote son of my right hand, son of my power was what caused grief and heartache to dad because it's what made him lose his wife. The one wife he worked for for 14 years to get. He got stuck with Leah, but he wanted Rachel. And Benjamin or Benoni has been born and that caused Rachel to die. But dad sees this Benoni, the one that has broken his heart, taken his wife. You see, every time he would look at Benoni and every time Benoni's name is going to be mentioned to him, it's always going to be reminded, this is when I lost my wife. This is when I lost the one that I love. This this boy cost me everything I've worked for, everything I've desired. Huh. But when he changed his name to Benjamin, he said, no, that's not what I'm thinking about you anymore. You're son of my right hand. You're son of my power. You and I, <laughs> this is cool. You and I are in our flesh. Remember, if we went back, you see the son born after the flesh and the son born after the spirit. You and I are all born after the flesh. We're all Benonized. We break God's heart by our decisions. We're shaping in sin. Iniquity did our mother conceive us. All of us have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. We, we've all forsaken the Lord. And so all of us are Benoni. But the God of all glory looked down from heaven. And as he peers through eternity, he sees you and I through the cross. And he says, you might have used to be Benoni, but I've got a name change for you. I don't want to think of you as a son of my sorrow, the son of my grief and the son of my anguish. Instead, I'm going to name you Benjamin, the son, the daughter of my right hand, the son, the daughter of my power. Today, you yourself, you may be a, you may very easily be a Benoni. Esau was a Benoni, if we're going to be honest with it. Ishmael was a Benoni. <laughs> but there was a Jacob that would come later, just a short while later. There was an Isaac that was going to come later. And the Benoni, the son born after my flesh, the son born after the spirit. You and I have that choice. Either we can be the Benjamin or the Ben-Onai. Our default character and our humanity is always the Ben-Onai. Always. It's one of the tragic things about a nation removing God from its structure. 
because it takes us all back to our base default level. And if we go back to the base default level, every one of us are bent on eye, son of sorrow. When you remove God out of the equation, all of us are bent on eye. But if you put God back where he belongs, now I recognize the nation may never do that again. America may never put God back where he belongs. But I, in my own personal walk and the life with him, I can put him back where he belongs. And you, with your personal, individual walk with God, you don't have to live the life of a Benoni. You can live the life of a Benjamin. Because the father of all glory, looking down through time, would see you through the blood of the cross and say, I don't remember. I don't remember you as your grief and your sorrow. Because all that is under the blood that was shed. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the blood that was shed for you and I. Because by all rights, that should have been us. That should have been us. Every last one of us deserved to be the son of sorrow, Benoni. But God said, I'm not done with you yet. If you've never been born again of the water and of the spirit, according to the scriptures, as Jesus had told Nicodemus, I encourage you. You ought to do it. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, as they did in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Romans, Paul talked about in Romans chapter 6. I encourage you, you should do it. You should at least be willing to study it and look at it and see what the scripture says. Because really, it doesn't matter. You know, I recognize I'm going through the Bible in a quadrillion years, but really, it doesn't matter what I say. I'm not going to be your judge. The God of all glory is your judge, and his word will judge us in the last day. His word is the final judgment. So I encourage you, if you have it, you ought to at least look in it, into it. If you got any questions, I've given you my number, 210-854-8029. I've given you my email address, bromfrench at mail.com. Why don't you call me? I'd love, there's nothing I love talking about more than the blood of Jesus and being buried in his precious name and having our sins washed and remitted. Because what it does is it takes us from the Benoni, the flesh aspect, the flesh aspect, and it then puts us in the spiritual mindset, the spiritual aspect. There are some things only God can do. There's some things that only the father could do. And dad said, I recognize what you've been called. But I've got another name for you. Rick can also see that this is not the first time that this has happened. If we were to go back, you see that Abraham, Abraham's name was Abram. But God put an H in it and gave him a child. Sarah's name originally was Sarai. There was no H in it. But God would go through and put an H back in it or put an H in it and change their name. Huh. Jacob's name was not. Jacob at the end, but his name originally was deceiver, supplanter, trickster, if you will, liar. But by the end, God had another name and God said, I'm going to name you Israel. I'm going to name you crazy prince, a prince with God and a prince with man.
And so here, Jacob takes what he's learned from God. When the Lord changed his name from Jacob to Israel, he takes a lesson out of the playbook and says, Lord, if you're willing to change my name, because I was I was after the flesh and now I'm after the spirit, then I'm willing to recognize my boy who might have been born after the flesh and cause grief and pain. But he, too, can be born after the spirit. And instead of being known for sorrow, because Benoni, if that was his name forever, that's all anybody would ever know about him. Nobody would ever think anything else that's Benoni. But now, when you see Benjamin, nobody remembers him. When we talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, nobody ever refers to the tribe of Benoni. Nobody ever refers to the tribe of sorrow. But it's always the tribe of power, the tribe of the right hand. Because he had a name change and he decided, dad decided he's going to be born after the spirit and not after the flesh. What an amazing, amazing, an amazing thing. You and I have that same opportunity. Your choice as a nation, though, I pray that we all make up our minds. We want to be Benjamin. I'm tired of being Benoni. I'm tired of being the one that sorrows God's heart. No, I'm not saying, I don't believe he's just looking, saying, hey, how can I pound you? But breaking his heart by my decisions, I want to be pleasing to him. I want my life and my ways, my actions. I want to walk in the spirit because if I'm walking in the spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I'm walking in the spirit, I can be a Benjamin instead of a Benoni. Man, that's just awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you later.